The following is a special presentation of the Buccaneers Sports Network. This is the Jay and Keith Show. Two broadcasters, two microphones, and one meticulously scripted podcast. You what? Just kidding. Get it, J.K.? You get it. That's what I thought was so funny. It's not funny. Alongside Keith Brake, here's the voice of the Bucks, Jay Sandoz. It's a Monday. Something happened today. What happened? Oh, uh, what happened? Uh, something happened today. What? I don't. I don't know. Uh, there's something that happened today. Uh, it's probably a good thing that happened today. I know that. I feel like there was a presser, and I wore a suit. But yeah, I wore a tie today, and then yeah. it came off. Uh, oh yeah, we hired a men's basketball That's coach. That's what it was. I knew it was, and people acted like a bunch of savages. I don't know what was going on there. It was crazy. It's a madhouse. All right, uh, speaking of that, we will have Brooke Savage uh, on the podcast. Yeah, he he laid out his core values, and I tried to dabbo it, and he hammered me on it. So, very quietly, but he hammered me on it. I can't, I can't, I can't wait to to hear that interaction. (laughs) Things that I love to hear about. Uh, Uh, Yeah, immediate for a guy that somebody I didn't know, I, I didn't know him from Adam. Uh, huge two thumbs up from me. Great guy, awesome to to work with so far, and uh, really excited to to get in there and 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 get to work with the uh, the new men's basketball coach at ETSU. So we're gonna talk to him. We'll get a, a bunch of things out of the way there, and most people know Coach Savage and about him. But uh, we'll we'll definitely get our twenty minutes with them. Yep. Uh, we're going to talk ETSU women's basketball in just a second. But I was gone last week, so yeah. uh, Keith had to run solo and you know give the news on on Coach Oliver, and I thought he did a great job with that. Interviewed Coach Mockfrey, went to the women's tournament. I thought that was great. Meanwhile, you're doing that. Um, I was a, a, apparently a security risk at the Capitol building. Oh uh, no. Yeah. So uh, we got uh, tour of the Capitol coming up. We get there, and I think you'll enjoy this. So the wife and kids go through. I'm always the last to go through, so I'm trying to, like, help everybody get through security. Right, you're being a dad. And everywhere else we've been, you, because it's, you know, 30-something degrees, mm-hmm. 26-degree uh, mile-per-hour wind. It feels like it's 20 degrees out there, so everybody, you got your jacket and, you know, and the toboggan on and all that good fun stuff. Um, and I go to take off my jacket, and the zipper's stuck. Because I've not had to take off the jacket yet. And they're like, sir, we need to take the jacket off, too. And I'm like, okay. And I go take the jacket off. The zipper it's stuck. So I'm trying to get the zipper down. It's not working. Um, they're standing there. Meanwhile, everybody's gone through security. My family's waiting on me. They tell them they must leave. And mm-hmm. so they kind of push them away. I did not see that at that time. Mm. And it's about 30 seconds. And the, the, these guys like, sir, may, may, maybe if you go up a little bit and then go down. I'm, and I wanted to go, yes, I know how a, a zipper works. Even if it's stuck, I do know this. <laughs> so I'm trying not to be my normal self. And I'm trying to do this. And it's about a minute. And it's about a minute and a half. And then I'm starting to, like, the Incredible Hulk just trying to, like, just force it down, just ripping it. Like, uh, I'm ripping my shirt off, right? And it's starting to get there. And then next thing I know, there's the second security guy. And then there's a third security guy. Sir, we're going to need you to take the jacket off now. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I'm trying. There's nothing more in this world I want than this jacket off. Then the security guard on the other side said, whose stuff's gone through here? There's a couple cell phones and wallet. And I'm like, well, that's mine. I'm trying to get the they're like, zipper stuck. And they're like, well, who sent it through? And then they're arguing with each other. And then there's another security guy. And I'm like, this is getting bad. This is like three and a half minutes. Uh, and the one guy says, well, who are you with? I said, I'm with my family. And I turn, and there's nobody there. Uh, and the guy's no. like, what do you mean your family? I'm like, they were right there. 
And then the guy's already let like 10 people through, so he doesn't remember who was there. Yeah. So I finally was able to get the, the jacket undone, take it off. I get through security. My family's like, what happened to you? And I'm like, well, yeah, we, you know, security. So then we leave. So Woof. this isn't bad enough. So Woof. we leave. I'm not paying any attention, but apparently there's some bike racks that are blocking the stairs when you leave the Capitol building, and they want to force you up a ramp because they're trying to redo something or whatever. And so as we're walking up the ramp, my wife goes, hey, to the left is whatever building, Library of Congress, something. Hey, let's go over there. I'm like, okay. So I'm walking up the ramp. She goes, no, 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 you just, you, we'll just cut and go up these steps. So I cut through the grass. Oh, no, that's bad. Get on the steps. That is a good way to get shot. That is when security comes flying. And I'm like, oh, boy. And I look at my wife, and she's like, what? And I said, I'm already on the radar because I can't get the daggone jacket off. Now you've got me. And she's like, well, I didn't notice that the thing's blocked off. I'm like, yeah, it was blocked off down here and up there. So anyways, we get through that and I, I'm, I'm fine. I, I, the white house, I made it through no, 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 no issues, but that was my, uh, security at the Capitol. They were not, uh, not real pleased with me. So other than the weather and, uh, potentially, um, massive security incident, how was DC? It's good. It's, it's good. good. Yeah. Good. Did Lexington, all, Kentucky was also good. All the tours, all the stuff. Uh, wind chill was terrible. How was the wind chill inside the uh, gym? Uh, the wind chill inside the gym was negligible. It mostly came from the four gigantic ceiling fans, mm. uh, one in each corner of the Clive Beck Center on the campus of Transylvania University. I've got that burned into my brain now. Mm -hmm. uh, beautiful little facility. It's Division Three, obviously, so it's like one of those multi-story, you know, normal students are in there too. Like the practice gym is on the floor immediately above the, the competition floor. And then there's a dance studio and a weight room off either side of that practice gym. And then the third and fourth floor, I think, are offices and uh, like training facility, athletic training. Well and stuff like that. Was it an athletic weight room or like the common area weight room for like every student? It's a Division three school, so that it's both. Uh, yes. The answer yes. to that question is yes. So while you're doing the games, you could hear the weights like clanging down and all that. Oh no 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 no. This was on the. This was a complete floor above. Oh, there okay. were two flights of okay. stairs we had to go up to get there, but okay. uh, the stairs were like really nice, like quartz tiled stairs. Oh, super fancy. It was great. Great facility. Um, Wish the um, do do wish we had a little bit more space for the radio broadcast that we brought. It got a little bit cramped, but overall, good experience and uh, ETSU third place in the WBI. They smashed Georgia Southern, largest margin of victory against a Division One program ever for the Bucks in their final game of their record-setting season. Twenty-five wins is a school record. 15 and a half games improved as a school record. Um, they already had the largest margin of victory against any opponent, 69 against the Virginia University Lynchburg Dragons back in December. Uh, and they set the school record for made threes in a season as a team with 228. If I told you that after the Vanderbilt game, what would you have said to me? Mock said, who's going to make them? <laughs> You're correct. <laughs> it was, like, if we only got like... One person to make him at that point. That's Thirteen what it felt like. on on Sunday, and Journey McDaniel had seven. She went bonkers. Seven of seven. Uh, apparently, uh, Doc Sander gave her some shooting tips after the game on Saturday, and that worked out pretty nicely for Journey. I would say the the jumper at the beginning of the year was something that you kind of looked at and you went, "Okay, you you can take that once." 
and and just like get to the rim, get to the basket, put backs, athleticism, use your your incredible athletic ability and verticality to get up to the rim. And over the course of the season, she stuck with it. She kept working on it. She got more and more confident. And that jumper just exploded in a big way. Most, it's the first 25-point game by a freshman. She scored 26. First 25-point game by a freshman since J. Bo Davis against Furman in February of 21. And then the most points in a game by a freshman since Erica Haynes Overton in 2019 against North Greenville had 29. And I went back and, and our archives are a little scattered past that because of some digital changeovers that we did around that time. But uh, was trying to find the last time somebody had 26 or more against a Division One opponent. The Also the fifth game in school history where a player hit seven or more threes for Journey McDaniel. And that's just journey. That doesn't even get into Giselle Thomas flirting with a triple-double, getting to 1,500 points for her career. None of that. That's just the freshman that's coming back next year. And the future bright because you're talking about, again, Thomas is the only – now, again, this is, this is basketball in today's world. The percentages say somebody – I guess Paris isn't coming back, so – couple people not coming back but for the most part unless something else changes this is a vast majority yeah. of the team that that is, is going to be together again yeah uh paris mccarthy is uh, is not gonna return for next year uh, sounds like she has some really good athletic opportunities back home in ireland in some other sports uh she's a phenomenal athlete uh and she tried something really bold and and, and adventurous and it didn't quite work out and so there's no acrimony there uh, i don't think and certainly wish her all the best and uh, hope to see her name in the in the headlines of uh, Gaelic football in in the not too distant future. Which is a, f- a fun sport if you've never seen. That. It is a fun and and uh, daring and violent and high flying sport. It's awesome. Yeah, we got stuck uh, for twenty five hours in Dublin, and um, there was a Gaelic football game on TV I'd never seen before, which was happening just down the road. So we were able to go down and, and try to wiggle our way in that to experience that and that was my first time I'd ever seen it I've watched a few matches since then I don't pretend to know that I really know exactly what's going on for the most part like every nuance of it but it is a fun sport if you've never been able to watch it a little combination of uh, soccer football I guess is the best way to work and that. there's another sport that's like very similar to hockey and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head um was the Irish game that resembles hockey. hang on I'm gonna have to are you are you gazoogling? I I am I am using. It's it uh, hurling, that's what it is. It's hurling. I, you have the, that's we, a game I've played before, but I think it's no. Different. That's that's very, very different. different game. Okay, very different. Yeah, no, that's not. Uh, it's not. It's not the kind of hurling that you partook in during leave time and during your service. Okay, um, that's fair. It's uh, it's very different kind of hurling. <laughs> it's where you got the the ball and you like hold it on the stick. It's mm. almost like it's like a kind of like lacrosse in some ways, but you use a field hockey stick for it. And you hit it through a football upright. I like it. It's, yeah, it's really cool. All right. Ireland is awesome, man. Yeah, if it was only anyway. warmer. If it was uh, a little yeah, bit warmer. Uh, also, um, uh, ETSU will have will be hiring a, a third assistant. Trenise Fox had to step away from the program in February. Um, she's uh, Brent, Brenda Mott Brown said on Sunday that uh, Trenise had uh, some family things that she needed to deal with, and so. Uh, certainly hope for the best for her. She was great to work with, super nice, and um, hopefully that does not prevent her from 
getting back in into coaching somewhere and landing on her feet and having success because, um, you know, again, it was just uh, the the timing of it all and the circumstances of it all didn't quite work out. So wish all the best for her. But ETSU will be looking for a third assistant coach for women's yeah, basketball. Hopefully, again, they keep the staff together. They keep a majority of the players. They've got a lot to build on. And Coach Mock, I told her throttle it down after about six, seven wins. There, you wanna you wanna kind of tamp it down. But no, she she went uh, full throttle. Well, Joe Silvestri and Jackie Alexander, because I asked Mock this, I said, "What did you want in terms of win total?" And she said. My assistants told me that they would be tickled with 10. And I think they had that, uh, what, about uh, Thanksgiving? <laughs> Thereabouts? Yeah, they got off to a great, great start. Yeah, they, they had that before Christmas. So truly a phenomenal season. Uh, one that's going to be really tough to forget. And they're going to schedule tougher next year. So they won't win 25 games again. But uh, they should still be a very good basketball team and they bring pretty much the entire roster is scheduled to return certainly everybody that was in the rotation is scheduled to return I am ecstatic to see what uh Kendall Foley and Deve Brown and Journey McDaniel do and, and, and Courtney Moore and Jabo Davis that I think is probably your starting five and then Sarah Thompson's got an opportunity to grow off the bench Downing's got a chance to grow off the bench you're adding Brecken Snotherly, who's a very interesting player, has been a really prolific scorer in North Carolina high school ball. So what can she bring off the bench? Can she bring you some value? Maybe a little bit of what you're losing in Giselle Thomas and that she can get to the rim. She's more of a slasher. She's explosive one-on-one, -on -one, athletic. Uh, that would be a home run addition. And they do have at least one other that we can't talk about until signing day in April. Um, but uh, I, I believe there is a priority to continue trying to add to this 2023 recruiting class to get some rebounding help to shore up with Jakaya and Jayla Rufus-Milner and Downing in the front court. So how about some uh, Wednesday? Let's let's come back Wednesday. Let's do a full – because I didn't get to do any portal watch with you. I love portal watch. Uh, we'll do some portal watch. We'll do a little say what. We'll do some stuff on Wednesday, maybe catch up on some spring sports as well. Uh, so we'll do that on Wednesday's show, but uh, very tight window here for Brooke Savage, and it appears it's we're up for our 20 minutes with him. Yeah, let's do it. All right, you know what I'm excited about, Keith? Uh, basketball. Punch. I didn't wait on the rift that time. That's a that's a face melter is what that so, is. So, wow. love puns. I yes. love Buck Nation because so, they're great at puns. I got I got So, what do you want to do first? You want to do Savage Nation, Savage World, Savage Garden? What do you What do you What do you What are you thinking? What are you feeling? Macho Man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, brother. Oh yeah, brother. I also enjoy the fact that uh, they wanted to call Freedom Hall Brooks Gym as well uh, for the same reason of that. Uh, in case you haven't figured it out and you didn't listen to the first part of the podcast and you just fast forward to the point where I say we're going to have a uh, new head men's basketball coach, Brooks Savage, here, then uh, that was Brooks Savage. <laughs> and, uh, Coach, it's good to talk to you. Good luck. We'll see you next year. No, I'm just kidding. All right, Coach, let's jump right into it. This was uh, obviously a whirlwind 
you know, situation in which the season ends. There's ETSU has an opening. Clearly, you're interested. Otherwise, I don't know why you would apply. And you got the job. Take us through your side of how it kind of came about and to the point to where you actually got the call that you were offered the job. Well, you know, this has always been a dream job destination for me and always somewhere I wanted to come back to. I love the people. I love the community. I love the program. Um, and so, you know, you get wrapped up in your your own season. And so it wasn't like anything I was really thinking about at all. And, um, you know, the, the, the job comes open and uh, obviously Coach, knows of, of, uh, Coach Forbes knows of my dream and my goal to be a head coach and and uh, how much I love this place so he he um he really was instrumental in, in in helping me with the initial conversations and um I guess that was on uh I guess maybe like a Saturday or Sunday and then I had a zoom with the committee on a Monday um a few more conversations in between there with Doc and and then ended with a a zoom on Thursday with Dr. Noland and um and then I thought maybe the phone would ring on Thursday evening, and it went, you know, went really well. And and then so I'm sitting by the phone, nothing, nothing, nothing. So then Friday morning, Dr. Sander called me and and um, offered me the job, and obviously just a uh, a really special moment for uh for me and my family. And, and Lauren was there with me when he called, and so we was on speakerphone, so we got to to share that together because she's been, um, you know, along for the ride, and and she's takes care of so much for our family and um you know so it, she's just it was it was a cool moment I, i've been through a few job searches and i know on the broadcasting end it could be really really stressful that wait that moment where like you go through the interview you do everything you can and now it's completely out of your hands how did you cope with that 24 36 hours after the interview process between that time and and getting the the, the call that you were going to be the next head coach uh, pins and needles, <laughs> pins and needles. You just, um, you know, I've always tried to take um, some comfort and just trying to just do the best job that 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 I can do and whatever that is, whether it be a scouting report or coaching or whatever. You know, just try to put your best foot forward. And I thought I thought it went really well. I said everything that I wanted to say to Dr. Nolan. We had a great uh, Zoom for about an hour, and I felt good about it. Um, you know, and and. and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, you know. But 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 luckily it did, and, and I'm I'm thrilled to be here. So what drew you back? What what was it about ETSU that made this a dream destination type job for you? Yeah, I've always wanted to be a head coach, but you know, not just anywhere, not just anywhere. And, and this place checks all the boxes for me. Um, you know, outside of the storied tradition and and the facilities and my previous time here and the community and, and all that stuff, right? The the opportunity to coach high level players. Um, it really, it really comes down to the people and who you want to work with. And I've been a lot of places that doesn't really matter. It's about who you're with is, is what I've learned over, you know, my time in this thing. And so doing this with Dr. Sander and Dr. Nolan, um, and, 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 and Kay Lennon was, was huge, but, but outside of the brass, it was, it was people like you guys is, is Sandos and Brett Lewis, our trainer and KB and, 
um, just, I mean, I, I could name them all, but just all the great people here, I think is um, what really drew me. It's a great, great community. We loved it living here last time, and to raise our family now with, with a little girl, one on the way, um, great place to raise a family. Um, I really align with with this place academically, being a first-generation college graduate, um, and, you know, there's something here for everybody, some really, many, many really good programs. It's just so all that stuff, um, you know, it checked all the boxes. Well, let's talk about, you know, you gave a little bit, and people can go back and watch the press conference. You thanked a lot of people, certainly learned a lot. The one thing that kind of stuck out to me that I went back and racking my brain was the fact you said that you've been a part of taking over year one at six different programs. I think that gives you a very unique perspective because you didn't walk in to somewhere that was already established and had something you guys had to build from scratch. How do you think that particularly helps you now that you've done it on the assistant coach side to sit in, in the top chair? I think it prepares me really well. I think it helps uh, with my, you know, there's going to be a learning curve. Like, like you're never really ready to be a head coach or whatever. Like, just like you're never really ready to be a dad, you know, you just, <laughs> nothing can really prepare you for that. But I think my learning curve will be a lot easier because I've been here before, but you know, I've been in the players' shoes when I was 19, and Coach Pearl came in to Tennessee at the first and the first year. I, I, you know, then I went with Ed Conroy to Tulane in year one. I went with Coach Forbes to JUCO in year one. I was down the road in year one. I, and then then here, so you know, you kind of learn. Um, you, you think you don't have a lot of time. You have more than you think. You got to really know how to prioritize that time, though, with what's important now, and and, and so you can hit the ground running. Um, but you know, so I've I've had a lot of different perspective and different experiences, and I think that'll just help. Um, you know, especially this first you know 30 days or so. Well, let's talk about the what is the next step. Uh, obviously, getting the head job is there. You got players to worry about. You got staffing. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, at some point second child's coming moving all that good fun stuff but just take us through you know a little bit here in the immediate the next couple weeks what it looks like for you the most important thing is the the players the current players that we have here right now and and we had a a really good meeting this morning at 10 30 um you know i felt like it went really well and really and really positive i'm you know gonna work really hard to build a relationship with these guys and and you know just let them know that like i said like you're our guys we want you here you're plenty good enough we just gotta, we gotta, we just gotta get better, and um, so just really getting those guys on board, and hopefully they want to stay and be a part of the future here. And um, you know, we gotta complete the staff. Uh, Joe Hughley is gonna stay on, which will be awesome. Um, you know, he has a lot of pride for the program. Played here, knows what it takes. He's really a really, really talented young coach with a huge future. Um, and so you know, he'll be great um, on the staff. Got a, a couple other people you probably familiar with. Um, they told me I could, I'm, they were glad. Everyone was glad that I didn't get more into it because it's like an HR violation. Right. So, so. Th- that was the first question a lot of people asked me. And I said, well, I said, <laughs> there's a couple things. You, I, you know, once you get to a certain point, you're not at the private school level. I pulled, right? I uh, pulled back. Uh, I, yeah, uh, you maybe have I shouldn't to say wait that. Because it was a, a couple people said, well, I heard he's bringing – so and so, and you've told me that, but I was yeah. like, "Well, he can't say that because that." But yes, you can, and once you get that out, maybe we'll have you back to to yeah, brag on all sure. the guys you're going to bring. But there'll be a familiar name or two for right? sure. Yeah. Somebody that our fan base really loves, somebody that our players will love, and so completing that staff, um, just going to 
you know, it'll, it will fill it out with people who I really trust that are hardworking, that are good teachers of the game, student athlete centric, relationship builders, um, team first guys. So that's kind of what I'm looking for, and we'll have a staff full of guys like that. And then it's recruiting; those would be the three main things. Uh, we obviously have to fill out the roster and bring in some 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 more good players to go with the guys we have, and um, you know, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll hit the ground running on that and and, and try and. Um, obviously address immediate needs mainly in the backcourt. Yeah, in the press conference you talked about uh, tape, toughness, attitude, passion, effort. And uh, I, I love that because it's all of those things are controllable. How much is year one just about getting guys on the same page about the things that they can control? Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's the biggest thing. You know, I think the, the, the core values, I've wrestled with these for years, mm-hmm. um, trying to find what's authentic to me, um, and, and I finally settled on that. And, you know, you kind of you search for all these, you know, all these words that people like to put on the wall um, and on a T-shirt. And, and, and if you got to put them, if, if you got to put it on a T-shirt, then you ain't really about it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we wanted it to be authentic to what we, you know, what we want to do and um, toughness, passion, attitude, and effort, you know, are, are, have been a kind of constants in my life. And so as the leader and the head coach, I have to be able to live those out every day for them to, to mean something. And so that was important. But, yeah, it's just um, um, we'll fight for our, for our culture and, and our standard of uh, and expectations and, and, and our identity on a daily basis. And so, um, you know, hopefully those will um, be, become the fabric of our program. And that's a word that everybody brings up, culture. And yeah, stuff. Yeah. Talk to me about how you see that playing out because everyone has a little bit different definition of what they define culture and what it's going to be like. How would you define how you want it to be? Because obviously day one it's tough to get, but you're going to get there. How do you see that playing out? What does it look like? Yeah, ultimately it's just the people that you bring into your program. You know, everything in, in your organization – you know anybody can replicate that except the, except your people, and so we want to attract great coaches um, and, and and high character, really you know talented you know student athletes, and so it's about acquiring and and developing talent, and ultimately the people you bring into your program becomes your culture. It's got you know that's why the words and all that stuff are great, and that's a you know guidelines to go by, and we'll, and we'll we'll be about that stuff, but um, you got to get the right people. And, um, you know, like I said, that was one thing that attracted me about coming back was all the, the great people here, the, the other great coaches, the great administrators, you know, uh, from top to bottom. And so, um, yeah, culture is a, a very um, probably overused word, but for us it would be the quality of our people. Is it going to be tough for you when you walk upstairs into your office to not, you know, turn to the wrong office and realize you're in the big office? How long? Or will it just one time? Or you, or you think at some well, point just you'll randomly walk in and they, and you look and a coach is staring at you and you're like, you know what? And you make up something you're you know you're in the wrong office. office. And you know, yell at because you. I know too many guys that have been in one spot and then get the job and then they say, you know, yeah, I've randomly turned and I went to go in that office and I looked around and I went, yep, I'm not in here anymore. And I just made up a reason to talk to them. Will that happen to you? I just did it. Yeah, see, yeah, I just did it. When I walked up in there, you know, um, because I came with Coach Forbes like from day one, right, last time. And so um, I took the smallest office intentionally, uh, you know, and so. You are the smallest guy, but that's okay. Go ahead. I'm I'm not the smallest guy. Weight-wise, you were. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Sorry. <laughs> um, but I, I took the so there's the one right there on the right. So I walked in and I just kind of popped that door open just for old times' sake. But 
Um, I won't be going back in there. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it was cool. Coaches, you know, the big office is arranged differently than it was when Coach Forbes was here. And I may move it back as pay homage to Coach and move it back how he had it, but we'll see. That, that's that far down the list. You told a great story today about the first time you met Steve Forbes and the uh, the U-Haul full of scouting reports and preseason magazines. And what what has Steve meant to you, not just professionally, but as a person? Trying to make me cry. Um, oh, maybe a little bit. Yeah, but not well, you know, it's our uh, Roy Firestone segment <laughs> of the show. <laughs> Brought to you by Food City. Value every day. <laughs> um, no, Coach has been instrumental in my life. I, I left home at 18, and um, – you know, so him and Janetta and, and, and Liz and Christopher and Jonathan, that, I mean, that's been like my family, you know, for, for much of my uh, adult life. And, um, you know, I just can't say enough about how he's um, mentored me and um, helped me develop as a coach and become a better person. And, you know, coach coach is honest. He's honest. And um, and so, you know, that, that's that that's been, um, you know, just, you know, um, just critical in, in my development, but he, you know, I said it today. He allowed me to make mistakes, mm-hmm. and he allowed me to fail and and learn from those. and And I think that's probably the most valuable um, thing that he that he did for me was um, just allow me to grow and 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 had patience and confidence in me. and And um, you know, I'm forever grateful to Coach, and I'll miss him. and And uh, but we had a lot of, a lot of good times together, and it's a lot of things that have nothing to do with basketball. And it have nothing to do with practice or the game or the offices. You know, the, the, the long car rides and, the, you know, being on the road together. Or, you know, one one year we were recruiting and we went and walked all the monuments in Washington, D.C. And it was actually Father's Day uh, one spring. Just, just you know, it's the little things. You know, I'll miss him yelling at me from four offices down to come in there and, um, you know, all that sort of stuff. And um, But, you know, he's he's just been – influential in my life when I think you're young you know when you're in college or in your high school and things people tell you find a mentor right that's a a big way to become successful and and achieve your goals and I couldn't have had a better one well let's talk about you've mentioned coach and we know a lot about coach Forbes what have you taken from another head coach you've worked with that you have always kept and wanted to maybe implement uh something other than what what you've taken sure yeah um Something I mean I've I've tried to take something from all of them. Um, you know, Coach Coach Buzz Peterson uh, hired me as a like hired as a loosely you know term, but I was a, you know let me be a freshman manager, and um, I just remember uh, you know that was his last season at at, at UT, and um, I just remember how he handled all that with such grace, and is uh, is an unbelievable person, and, and someone that I still lean on to this day, and um, um. But he was he was uh, he was just uh, everybody liked him, and I think that was important. And um, you know, BP was master motivator. Um, you know, just forever an underdog, and 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 so you know, you learn some things there about getting your team ready to play and motivating. And then just a brilliant coach with an unbelievable offensive mind. Probably a lot of my basketball philosophy and kind of how I, you know, come came from you know not only Coach Forbes but but Coach Pearl. Um, you know, and on down the list, um, Coach Ed Conroy at Citadel really taught me how to work. That was a, a, a challenging year for me, um, 
but he, you know, he really taught me how to get into the film and work. And but I've learned as much from you know those head coaches as, but as much from the other assistant coaches I've worked with too. You know, Matt Woodley has, was influential in, in helping me develop myself over the last three years. You know, because he's been a head coach at pro level, and um, Coach Shea, I've learned a lot from him, and Coach and BJ Mackey, and you know, just. I mean, all, all of them, I think all, they all have an influence on you. So it's been very fortunate to work with great people. Have you talked to Ed Conroy yet since you got the job? And is it kind of surreal that you're going to be coaching against him now? Yeah, I, I called every every one of the head coaches and thanked them for believing in me when they didn't have to and, um, you know, giving me an opportunity to live my dream. And uh, so, yeah, I talked to Coach Conroy, and, and um, I don't look forward to going down there and playing them because he's I think he's a fantastic coach, and they always make it tough on you. Hopefully, you know, Jordan can have another 40 ball and uh, when we go down there. But, um, yeah, he was he was great. We, You know, he, Coach Conroy is he's a, just a blast to be around, just a, just a great person. And so, um, you know, it's kind of been fun to, to go from working for him to now, you know, calling him a friend. Being an assistant coach for so long, getting the head job, I'm sure there's things as an assistant you did you took pride in. Is it going to be tough – to maybe take a step back in some of that to be an overall leader or is there certain things you still want to kind of have your finger on the pulse that you know is near and dear to you yeah I think it's important that I you know I, I always have a pulse on what's going on and 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 you know overseeing but it'll be definitely a different role I think that's why the staff is really important to hire people that you really trust and that you know that are out there working their tail off and um you know that that are capable to do the job and so and we'll have that you know which will, will make me feel really comfortable with um you know letting letting some things go that maybe I'm more uh, traditionally used to just doing myself but you know that was that's a great question because you know coach Forbes leaned on me a lot to do a lot of things and I'm used to just doing 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 and so it is a little bit different role but being at Wake Forest where we have a bigger staff has helped has helped me delegate you know more things and, and be a little bit more hands-off on some things that I maybe so used to doing um, in the past but um, yeah it, it's it you know staff will be be really important in that aspect. Well, I know when you were here last, you were instrumental in scheduling and mm -hmm. getting games and all that. And uh, I want to make sure, number one, you continue Coach Forbes' tradition of not playing on Christmas Day. Now that you're a dad, I'm a dad. I don't want to play on Christmas Day, number one. But number two, certainly you've got uh, some connections. And did you do any scheduling at Wake, or are you going to try to get some of the scheduling going here? That was one of the best things about Wake is I moved into a little bit more of a advisor role on the scheduling <laughs> coach davis uh frank davis he did all of the legwork on the scheduling um but we talk about it and, and try to figure out how to manipulate the net or just try to figure out the net at all and try to find quad one games it, it's it's challenging because no one knows you know no one can understand the net so um but it, you know those games are hard to get there's only so many of them but um scheduling at any level is challenging but um I will be heavily involved in, in scheduling as a head coach. I think it's, it it cuts out on a lot of a lot of the back and forth and you know assistants talking to assistants and then going back to their head coach. It's just a lot of the middleman stuff. So I'll be I'll be back involved in that. But um, I didn't miss it for three years. I can promise you. All right. What was the one thing you did or want to do when you're back in town? I already ate at Pals. Uh, I was yeah. the fir first stop. I uh, first stop. I called. Uh, John Shulman is a coaching friend. He spent some time here. His wife is a Hall of Famer at, for the ETSU Bucks, and so 
I called him on the way into town, and you know, obviously you know how funny he is. And um, so he told me get a big pal with cheese, yep. a Frenchy fry, and say don't don't say fries or or it's got to be a Frenchy fry. Yep. And then he gave me the option of you know sweet tea or milkshake. Um, you know, so he was he directed my steps there. I didn't need any help, um, but. That was how that happened. Was, he, the, was it a sweet tea add peachy, or did you do anything I, to it? Or? I haven't gone. I, I didn't go that. I think I got soda. Okay. I don't remember, but I, I crushed it. I always it. go doctor enough add rap. I think I got doc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a good one. I like yeah, that one. That's a good one. But I crushed it. You know, so it was good. <laughs> yeah, Showman's one of those guys where it's amazing where you where you really love a guy and then and then you you know you don't pay attention to him for a while and then all of a sudden he's a good guy again when he's not wearing the other colors. So. That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. And uh, for the fans that know, they know what I'm talking yeah, about. That's right. For the ones they don't, they probably can figure it out in the context. And hey, we don't have to chat about any of that. I mean, all right? John, you know, Johnny Damon and Roger Clemens played for the Yankees and the Red Sox. I mean, it can be done. It can be done. I mean, it can. It can. Ooh. I mean, I'm just saying in my world, it can't. I don't, know, I don't know about anybody else's work. So, all right, well, we'll let you go. It's a busy day, uh, first day on the job. you got a lot of responsibilities to do. And uh, first of all, congratulations. It's good to have you back. It'll be great to have you uh, on the coaches show and, and get to know you that way. And we can't wait till we get a staff. We'll bring you back when we get the staff. And once we get all your players in, we'll be uh, able to talk about that and get Buck Nation excited for ETSU basketball. Awesome. Great to be back. I appreciate you having me and uh, look forward to, to many more of these. So um, go Bucks. Now I'm excited for basketball. I am too. That was awesome. I told you, he. I tried to dabbo his uh, his core values. I said, oh, that's tape, right? It's tape, but you had them out of order, so it's, it's tape. And he said, no, no, we're not doing it. I love that. I like that. If you have to put it on a T-shirt, it's not. you're not about it. That's a good line. He's had a lot of those things. He talked about his daughter being born in front of a sold-out crowd in January when they beat Chattanooga. That was a good one. Well, that was my favorite part of the that whole thing. That was a good one. I don't know if you're... <laughs> You could you didn't work near me, but oh, I assure you that man. was my favorite part of the whole press conference. That was uh, yeah, I'm fired up, excited to work with Brooks. I know the players are gonna, will be too, and excited to see where this offseason goes over the next couple days and weeks. He also sprinkled another quote unquote fan favorite that'll be on staff. Can't wait to see who that is. Right. All right, Wednesday, little say what? Other fucking network. Oh, you gotta be kidding me!